0: Okay Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph, and we're doing more Act Like Questions because I have a crap ton of them to get through, and we're just going to be blazing through as many as we can to get us back to our daily uh, posting of what we've been doing on YouTube and also uh, got a little bit more uh, than that, got season 14, part four, as well as season 24 that we're going to be presenting here on the YouTube channel as well. So more to come, and thank you all for being patient with me. It has been a very fascinating, interesting uh, situation uh, from the beginning of the year. So uh, today's act like question is, how can an ENTP get the most out of an ESFP friendship to better one's self? And this is known as a superego relationship, also one of the eight sexually compatible relationships, uh, which is also known as the challenge relationship uh, or the refinement relationship. And basically what these two types do to one another is refine each other and improve each other throughout. And this applies to all of the superego relationships. So for example, if you were an INFJ, this would be like them uh, doing that with an ISTJ, for example or if it was an ENFP uh, that would be like with an ESTP ENFP uh, friendship etc uh but this is basically a friendship but what kind of friendship actually matters? Is this between two women? Is this between two men? Is this between a man and a woman? All of these uh, different kinds of relationships actually fundamentally change the dynamics of what's happening within the relationship. If it is two men, then it is a shoulder-to-shoulder relationship, and where and you know how it goes. You know, men do where women talk. Uh, if it's a, a woman-to-woman relationship uh it's it is still shoulder to shoulder but with the outcome of maybe about discussing things uh than it is actually about doing things because from their perspective the more women they have the more likely they are able to uh reach a consensus or at least the women like to clump up together in groups and have their stitch and bitch, uh sessions basically that's that's ultimately what happens uh you know but men however if this are if this is a male uh, friendship it's all focused on doing something men don't really come together unless they're doing something uh so like for example last time i hang out hung out with my friends i went trap shooting with them it was to go ultimately to shooting and yeah we talked about a few things here and there but ultimately it is shooting or if we're at the cigar lounge talking about things it's because we're there to smoke cigars and maybe drink oaxacan old fashions and and the talking is a secondary thing whereas with women talking is a primary thing versus doing is a secondary thing. So stitch and bitch, the bitch part is actually the primary thing, whereas the stitch part is the secondary thing. The point is, is that regardless of which of these situations, the superego relationship actually exists to refine the other person. Uh, These types are not afraid to criticize each other, and they subject each other with their critic functions and parent functions ad libertum. Uh, So, uh, The extroverted-feeling critic of the ESFP likes to consistently challenge uh, the moral faculties, the moral proclivities of the ENTP, and the extroverted-thinking critic of the ENTP loves to challenge uh, the ESFP on their intellectual faculties, or basically how intelligent the ESFP is. The ENTP is concerned, the ESFP just following the bouncing ball, taking everyone at their word, and then living life accordingly. Whereas the ESFP is more concerned of the ENTP not necessarily actually being a good person, which is definitely something that I have personally experienced, especially in my first marriage because I was married to an ESFP woman. And uh, throughout our marriage, this was consistent. This is consistent. I remember getting on her about listening to the wrong people and valuing the opinions of other people over myself consistently uh, she would constantly call out uh, my moral decision making and how my priorities were completely wrong on a regular basis and honestly I think given our age and given everything that we've been through in our lives I think both of us were actually correct we were the same age within about six months of each other she was born in June I was June I was born in February uh, so yeah so yeah like about four month difference to a point, four months and a week basically, and uh, it 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 can, it it was pretty difficult. Uh, but the thing is that the how she was criticizing me versus how I was criticizing her, I believe that we are both right. I definitely did have the wrong priorities, and oftentimes she was not behaving in an intelligent way, and would oftentimes put other people's uh, opinions a lot higher than my own. Right. And uh, so we would continue to challenge each other in these areas and eventually this would actually, through cognitive orbit, which is ultimately what this relationship is really all about, it's about maximizing cognitive orbit because while we're using our own critic functions to basically slam the other person, what this is doing is actually growing our parent functions. And this is a relationship that, uh, or a friendship that basically builds up personal responsibility. The challenge relationship is all about building up personal responsibility. And that's ultimately what it's all about. That's ultimately what needs to be done or what needs to be said uh, between these two people. Uh, So honestly, like if people have underdeveloped parent functions This is, they they need a friendship. They need a relationship like this. The ESFP and, but honestly, like, I think it would even be more suited if they had like, uh, you know, a same-gender friendship, basically, woman-on-woman, man-on-man friendship from a shoulder-to-shoulder perspective, not an actual sexual relationship, which is face-to-face because uh, regardless of which one of these types is the woman within a sexual relationship, it'd be very hard for her to submit uh, to the man. It'd be very difficult, just by default, just by the nature of critic functions and the cognitive orbit of their critic function, basically improving uh, your uh, your parent function, because the challenge the critic is constantly in your face on a regular basis, uh, which can grow your parent. But in a sexual relationship, it's not really that sustainable. And while this is technically one of the long term relationships uh, for uh, sexual compatibility, it is one of the relationships that is most difficult to actually sustain because of that challenge. Now, I've, I always say, like, you know, when it comes to sexual relationships, the challenge or the refinement relationship or the superego relationship. Uh, represents uh basically it's 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 an option for those who have extremely high body counts and they're just kind of bored with anyone and everyone that they meet in their life and because of that you know psychologically bored that is and because of that they want a challenge they end up in this relationship because this relationship consistently keeps them on their toes the difference is, is that especially in western society it's extremely difficult for the woman within the sexual relationship to actually submit just based on the cost cognitive orbit nature of their critic function sharpening your parent function and your critic function sharpening their parent function. It makes it very, very difficult for submission to actually take place, right? So, but in the context of a friendship, Uh, which honestly, there really is no male or female friends thing. If there is like, honestly, if you're a woman who has male friends, honestly, those male friends secretly want to have sex with you. And you just need to be aware of that. Like the sexual agenda is always there. If you're a man and you're not being honest uh, with a woman about your desire to have sex with her, then you shouldn't be around her. And you're kind of like not actually a man and you're not worthy of her anyway. So you should like get the hell out. So avoid, avoid relationships where the sexual uh, friendships, where the sexual agenda is present. don't do it it's like really dumb like it's actually stupid uh what you should be doing is that when it comes to friendships just be friends with your own gender seriously just be friends with your own gender you will only you will learn the most about the other gender from people of your same gender your same biological gender basically same thing goes uh you know you know from from you know women men it doesn't matter right So, and then utilize each other to sharpen each other up. So it is written as iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another, and uh, that's ultimately what can happen, Uh, you know, for a shoulder-to-shoulder, male-to-male ENTP, ESFP friendship. So how can an ENTP get the most out of it? Well, the ENTP basically needs to be willing to expose themselves and not hide anything and be 100% brutally honest, even to the point of self-deprecation, to the ESFP, you have to be willing to share, and even in some cases overshare, as annoying as the ESFP would find that, because I do find that really annoying. The difference is though, is that when they start using their expert feeling critic, you need to start listening, and you need to literally look at how they prioritize things in their life, basically, and then, create a system, because you're triple systematic, create a system that actually gives you the ENTP, the opportunity to utilize how they go about prioritizing things and learn a way that you can prioritize things in a similar manner. This will actually help you build up your extra your introverted feeling uh, trickster while simultaneously build your introverted thinking parent because you will actually know what is true and what is false between which uh, priorities should be considered and which ones should not. One of the ways that Benjamin Franklin, who is an ENTP, actually did this is that he actually sat down and created a system uh, for prioritization uh, that I believe that he got from an ESFP, or at least he learned the principle from an ESFP. Uh, that basically he writes down you know, the decisions and he goes through a whole list of pros and cons and then he just chooses the thing that has the most pros to it and then makes a decision on that if he absolutely doesn't know how he feels about things, which for an ENTP is basically default, that we usually don't know how to do things. But anyway, that's, that's really what an ENTP can get the most out of an ESFP for, is just utilize that introverted feeling parent to learn how to prioritize things and if they criticize you on your lack of priority, Bother to ask them specifically what it it is they do to prioritize things, and then try to create a system based on that feedback that they give you. And that literally is how an ENTP can get the most out of an ESFP relationship to better oneself. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.